Hi, my name is Duncan and we're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. I'm joined by Ben in LA, Andy in San Fran, Matt and Gary in Yorkshire. Matt, what was your football highlight of the week? Um, my football highlight slash lowlight of the week was Liverpool's convincing thumping of Newcastle and the dawning realisation that they might actually win the league this season, um, which is just going to be hideous to hear all these Liverpool fans crow about winning the league. Um, but at the same time, they're a really likeable side and Klopp's a really likeable manager. So it's, I'm quite torn about the whole thing. You always go for a low light, don't you, in the highlights? I'm quite a negative person, really. <laughs> <laughs> Glass half empty every, everywhere, as you're going to see with my, uh, my, my review of my team and how it's done, which has gone up in the rankings, but still managed to annoy me enormously. Yeah, and you're saying that, you're saying it's a low light, but you do have Mo Salah as your captain, surely, this week. And Robertson as well. So it's it's kind of bittersweet. It's hard to get over Dinho on the bench. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. okay, but we'll come to that we'll come to that later. Um so introducing with his pod debut, Gary, what was your football highlight of the week? Oh hi hi Duncan. Um so my football highlight of the week uh was Everton. Um because I think like a lot of people I thought everything like football related was better in the 90s and everything was just a bit more wild and crazy and the teams were a bit less organized and frankly to be honest a bit less good so it was a bit of a throwback seeing a team kind of disorganized enough to lose 6-2 at home and then win 5-1 away and over this Christmas period you're kind of seeing the the games in the Premier League are usually really organized and tactical but now all the players are really tired and the fixtures come thick and fast so um I thought that was encapsulated by Everton and their their crazy results and goals going in left right and center yeah they like to score and they like to concede but and their defenders mainly score goals rather than defend yeah yeah they this uh, so I guess you'll be coming on to Dinho I think I'm probably the only person in the whole game who doesn't have him at the moment so I was quite quite angry about that but but other than that it was a highlight yeah I don't have him either Gary so I'm with you on that it probably just feels that way I think he's only eight eight percent owned it just feels that way because everyone on Twitter is posting pictures of his 17 points but he's still a deferential you can still get him in and um, Andy what was your football highlight of the week um, difficult one because uh, I had to work all through all the football, so I missed it all. But I think my football highlight of the week is more of a sort of recent trend, which is, um, again, as a Man U fan, as, as Man U have started to pick up form, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, uh, Man City, a lot of teams above us seem to be stuttering. And I didn't think that was going to happen. Obviously, Liverpool is still careering away with the league, which is more, I, uh, unlike Matt, I'm not torn on that. That is definitely a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing some, some teams slip up at the same time as we're, we're gaining form. And if this continues, we might actually have a chance at fourth place, which I did not see coming. Yeah, people seem to forget that at some point in every season, every team will have a wobble. And people are saying that about Liverpool now. They're, they're, not, they're unstoppable. Their defence is impregnable. Like They're just going to go on and win the league. And surely they're going to have a wobble as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's never over until, until May. Spurs are doing really well since Andy said um, last pod that he doesn't fancy Spurs. They beat Everton Everton 6-2 and then Bournemouth 5-0, inspired by Andy's words. Yeah, uh, I've obviously given them the kiss of death, haven't I? So Man United are going to follow based on that logic. Fingers crossed. Um, Ben, what was your football highlight of the week? 
Um, my football highlight of the week, and I, I promise it isn't FPL related because I have him, were, was Digne's goals. Um, the f- two absolute worldies. The first one, a free kick, um, kind of like one of his trademark free kicks, top corner. I thought it was interesting that he it now looks like he's overtaken uh, Sigurdsson as their free kick taker. And the second one must have been like 35 years at, uh, yards out and just buried it in the in the bottom corner. I know it was against Joe Hart, but still, um, two really good goals. Yeah, and it puts him in FPL royalty now. A defender getting a brace. Um, he's now a legend for life, surely. He's the new uh, Leighton Baines. He is, yeah. Yeah, better than Alonso. Um, oh, can I have another football highlight? People have learned to pronounce Lucas Digne's name. <laughs> They've got yeah. to stop calling him Digne. That's fun. That's, that, that's, that's one annoying thing removed from my list of annoying things. You are a linguist, though. I do quite enjoy the bad pronunciations. <laughs> Although, Andy, I've heard it's Dean, actually. It's, uh, it's like a, a, a ny on the end, which is barely audible. So either is correct when you translate it into English because we don't have that sound. Ah. Yeah. yeah. What about... <laughs> What about Doherty? Doherty. How do you pronounce that, Andy? The linguist of the pod. <laughs> I've been saying Doherty, but I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's right or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with that one. No, I enjoy a bit of bad pronunciation. Um, my, my football heart of the week was... Um, it was tricky to find one this week. I managed to watch all the games that weren't very good. So I watched the Arsenal game, which was pretty dire. Um, I watched the first 30 minutes of the Chelsea game. And then I did that thing on the three o'clock kickoffs where I jumped around between games and missed all the goals. And when I saw a goal went in another game, I went to watch that and missed the goals in the other game. So the highlight that I did see that I did really like was um, Dejan Lovren's finish. Um, I think, I think Ian McIntosh from formerly of football weekly would have called it a thunder bastard. It was a, yeah, just a center back putting his laces through it and smashing it into the top corner. Um, normally you see them fly over the bar but that one just straight into the roof of the net so I like that one um, so on to the game weeks and top of the par this week with a massive 87 is Ben Ben talk us through your game week yeah pretty pleased good Christmas gift for myself um, my own genius so <laughs> my, my two transfers this week um, I think we went we talked excessively about Man U last pod since you were gone Duncan um, and I did go through with my hit for Man U midfielder so I got rid of Felipe Anderson um, for Paul Pogba who immediately got a brace and he got all the bonus points um, the reason I went for him over some of the other players was just just because I thought he was more nailed on um, and I, it, it, it does look like now in the system we play he has like basically free license to roam so in the first game against Huddersfield, we played Matic and Herrera. Um, yesterday, we played Matic and Fred behind him. Um, so, yeah, he looks like he's getting into the box a lot more. So, I was pretty pleased that came off. Although, we have to wait to see what Felipe Anderson does today. And then my other transfer was, I think, Matt will agree, getting rid of Matt Ryan, completely useless. Um, and I took a bit of a punt, so... I, I thought it was worth paying the... I was either going to go for non-playing, really cheap goalkeeper, but I went for... I don't know how we pronounce his name. Gaeta from Palace, who is, who's 4.2. 
And this is just a risk. I thought it was worth the extra point too, just in case he manages to claim the number one spot from Hennessy, which he may do given his performances. I don't think they've lost since he's, he's come in goal. So he got me nine points. Um, so those were two really trans- two transfers that went really well. And then, yeah, the rest of my team was pretty solid. So I had Digne and I played him, unlike some people. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, I got Robertson. Uh, I got a Hazard brace. Um, and I got I Captain Kane and he got one goal. So I was a bit worried watching the Liverpool game because um, I don't have... I think all of you guys have Salah and I don't have him. Um, but I managed to survive the Salah onslaught with my team. So, yeah, pretty happy. Um, the only problems right now are, are probably Raheem Sterling and Man City's loss of form. Yeah, I'd say you more than survived Salah's points. You got some, got four double double digit scores. That's pretty good. Yeah. And transfers nine points for your goalkeeper and Pogba with fifteen points. That's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, great game week. I just I don't get it with Pogba. I don't understand what why he's good in FPL. He seems to not be much of a goal scorer and he isn't really, you know, he's not David Silver in terms of assists, but yeah, he, he just chips in with the goals and penalties potentially as well. Yeah. I think he's just going to be extra motivated to stick it to Mourinho now that he's gone, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with I that. Think he... I think um, the other thing with Pogba is that he, when he was at Juventus, he was there like goals and assists combined two seasons in a row, he was their top scorer in that in that sense. So that's the player he should be. He just hasn't really done that for Man U yet. Yeah, if you play him in his natural role, he's a bit like a Sigurdsson type role for him, isn't it? He's like an attacking midfielder in the hole. I think I see him a man. bit like what Kevin De Bruyne does for uh, for Man City, and he's a bit deeper than someone like Sigurdsson, but he is the he's the one that plays that like killer pass that opens up the defense, and often that's an assist. Plus, he's got a great long shot on him. And then, in addition to what De Bruyne does, he gets into the box and scores headers as well. So, he should be an incredible asset on fantasy football if he just gets his act together. I don't know about... I agree with a lot of that, but I don't know about an incredible long shot. I think he's taken a huge amount of shots this season. His accuracy is quite poor. And I don't know if you're going to see another brace from him. I'm nailing my colours to the mast. I think he'll pick up penalties and assists and the odd goal here or there, but... I don't. I'm not that impressed with him shooting from range. No, I did think the goals that he scored, especially the one quite far out, he had a lot of time. And I, I don't know with a better keeper, maybe it would have been different. But I am willing to be proved wrong, and I probably will be. I think he's just a blind spot for me. Let's mark that down as an Andy-like prediction. Yeah. Tottenham's Tottenham's form is about to tank. <laughs> You'll see. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, the good thing about the good thing about Pog. Sorry, the good thing about Pogba is when he, if he ever does anything, he normally gets bonus, which is a, a good thing. Yeah, that is a really good shout. And he, like you said, he's going to start almost every game. So, yeah, he's guaranteed. Um, nice one, Ben. Next up is a resurgent Matt. How did your game week go? Um, so my game went pretty well, actually. So 74 points. Uh, shouldn't really be able to complain. Um, I just feel that my game week well, my team is better than I'm able to. I'm the one that limits it. So I keep picking the wrong captain. I keep picking the wrong Mourinho. team. So I've got 74 <laughs> points, but I've got Dinia on 17 points on the bench, uh, which is really quite galling. 
I'm really hoping because we were talking before Southampton West Ham play that Felipe Anderson pulls a hamstring or something in the warm up because uh, I've really mucked up there and putting him on the bench. But I mean, I was eyeing him up between him and Juan Bissaka, and Juan Bissaka didn't let me down in many ways. He got eight points with a solid clean sheet and bonus points. But uh, yeah, Dinier scored his second and third goals of the season, and uh, I yeah. I didn't see that one coming in that particular fixture. Uh, but on the positive side, I had Salah captain. I had Son, who's come in with another really good haul for me. Um, and it's turned out to be quite a good transfer from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I also went for Man U players. So I went for Rashford, who didn't do anything. but I, And I went for Rico to get Matt Ryan out, like Ben said. And he got four points, which is, well, it's better than anything Matt Ryan's got for about eight weeks. Um, uh, Aubameyang got me a goal. Um, and Robertson clean sheet. So all in all, not too bad so far. Just a bit frustrating that I've uh, sort of shot myself in the foot a bit as well. Yeah, pretty pretty damn good week. And you say you're picking the wrong captain and stuff. You picked Salah this week. That's a great pick as captain. Yeah, yeah. This week I've got it right for once, which is which is quite nice. And then I guess you're thinking about moving Son out for for someone when he goes to the Asian Games pretty soon. Yeah, he doesn't go to like mid-January I don't think so got a couple of games yet for Son and I think Spurs are quite light to play him because they're about to lose him to the Asian games so they may as well not rotate him yeah and if you've got him keep him but maybe not a player you can bring in and and, and have to waste a transfer on so good shout I, I was listening back to the last podcast and it was um, quite annoying in hindsight knowing that Son had got 21 points away at Everton, hearing Matt saying, oh, I'm not sure about Son. I might have to, uh, I hope he pulls a hamstring or something because I, I just want to get rid of him and it'll make the decision easy for me. So that, that was quite, that's quite irritating. As I say, I have chanced on a good team despite having all the wrong instincts in football. Um, next up is Andy. Andy, I think you're on 71 at the moment. How was your game week? Yeah, 71, which will be my final score because I don't have any um, any Snodgrass from the next game. He's on the bench. So um, 71 by all regular weeks is a pretty good score. Um, I just sort of have been outstripped by some other really high scores. Um, Alexander Arnold got me 11, which is weird. I, a lot of people seem to have got rid of him and I've, I've held firm. So he seems to be a, a differential for me now. Um, Salah captain... Brought in 24 points. Um, Sigurdsson brought in 11 as well. I had an assist for Richarlison and a goal for Aubameyang. So all in all, um, a pretty good week. I had uh, eight points on the bench in Wan-Bissaka. Um, and Kalazanac played and got one point. So that was a bad decision. But the one thing I really did wrong um, was in my, in my haste to jettison Tottenham players. I, uh, I, transferred, I, I, I paid four points to transfer in Leroy Sané for Christian Eriksen two weeks ago. And that's gone brilliantly. So I'm very angry with Man City, not only for letting Liverpool run away with the league, but also for Leroy Sané doing nothing in the last two weeks. I think that's that's probably the Andy curse as well as has done for them. Um, so yeah, all in all, it was a, it should have been a good game week. If you look at my sort of uh, my list of leagues, I've got little green arrows in all of them except our league. So <laughs> I suppose it, I should be celebrating that. Yeah, and and your Everton assets, your midfielders Sigurdsson and Richarlison still returning. I think that's kind of quite a big differential. I don't think many people have both of them. Uh, Sigurdsson's the one, right? A lot of people have Richardson, but very few have Sigurdsson. Um, certainly among our group, he's got a uh, a team selected by percentage of six point three percent, and he's he just keeps returning points. Um, especially since the sort of alternative there is Martial, who was injured this week. Um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm pleased with the decision to hold on to him. 
Um, a lot of the things that I've done, I've, I'm pleased with, but that one thing of Ericsson for Sané, it's a terrible mistake. Yeah, and look at the positives. Alexander Arnold, you get hold of him and 11 points. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's gone well. Sigurdsson and Alexander Arnold are my two uh, my two big ones this week. Um, speaking of dropping Alexander Arnold, that's what I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I dropped him for Dinia. So that has worked out really well. I've got 61 points this week, which, like Andy said, in a normal week, you'd be pretty happy with. And to be honest, even though a lot of there's been a lot of high scores this week, I am still really happy with 61 points. I think my aim this year, not the same aim I've had in previous years, this year I'm just aiming to get 50 points each week um, and never have a, you know, a, terrible game week I've had a couple but I think for the majority I've been around 50-60 points um, and I just want to keep that going so kind of mitigating risk um, Dina came in for me Salah my captain came in apart from that not a lot else um, I've still got Ings and Fabianski to play but I'm not expecting too much from them um, yeah so solid game week um, that's kind of what I'm aiming for and it's alright Um and and that's about it. I brought in Rashford. He didn't do anything. Hopefully he'll start the next game, but who knows after that once Lukaku's back. Um, it's quite nice in my team to have one player who's just slightly slightly a differential, slightly someone possibly I wouldn't normally pick. And that, that seems to be this, this season my, um, my third striker or my second striker. So yeah, it's Rashford at the moment, but I could swap him out. I was thinking maybe for Anatovic when he comes back from injury in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, Kalasanac, I think, might have turned out to be a slight error. It would be nice to get rid of him for Alexander-Arnold, but um, I need to shift some things around. Sterling and Sane doubling up was a mistake, so I think there's some cash I can make there. And that's about it. Gary, um, introduce yourself to the listeners and talk us through your game week. I'm sorry, but it's, it seems like you've got the, the debut pod um, curse of a low score this week. Yeah, it's been pretty shocking. Um, so now I, um, so I've been competing in the fantasy football league with you guys for about 10, 10 or twelve years, I think, on and off. Um, and many, many years, I'd fallen of the trap of um, kind of going on autopilot, manager holiday, and the team kind of dipping along. But um, as I've noticed, the more and more I've got to know how seriously Matt and Duncan take this in particular, it's kind of motivated me to try a bit harder. So. Um, Last year, I managed to um, have a quite a good season. Uh, just just pipped Ben right at the end. Um, this year had been going really well. I was up in was it four thousand two weeks ago in the the world. Um, but yeah, ever since you invited me on, it's become uh, it's just gone downhill from there. So I'm <laughs> I'm now down in thirty eight thousand, and I'm only one point ahead of Matt. He's he's gained about sixty points on me in the last two weeks. Um, so where I've gone wrong, um, I'm also one of the club who transferred out Alexander-Arnold, um, but not for someone clever like Dina. I brought in um, Alonso, um, which was a, a very bad move. Um, basically, my team, I've, I've also based my, a lot of my team on Man City doing well. Um, so until this week, I had Sterling. I still have Sane and I still have Laporte. And they obviously did nothing. Um, my forwards did very little as well. Um, but the one, the one good thing that saved my week and spared me from complete embarrassment and uh, me calling in sick for this podcast um, <laughs> was I um, transferred in uh, Mo Salah, um, which I'd been 
I think was it two weeks ago when he scored that hat-trick and it was just looked like the old Mo Salah from last season was back. And um, I watched that game, the highlights of that game. I thought, right, I've got to put him into my team. And then I looked at the fixture list and I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. He's got Wolves away. He's got Arsenal, a couple of other tricks, Man City coming up. So then at Wolves away, he was fantastic again. He, he got another goal and an assist. So I, I had to stop stop putting it off. So I, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I took out Sterling. Uh, I had to get rid of Lacazette as well to, to make a bit of money. So I brought in Rashford and um, I brought in Salah. And um, yeah, Salah at least got, uh, was it 10, 11 points? So he was basically pretty much my only player who did anything apart from uh, Richarlison, who um, I am still very angry with for um, scoring a, a, a 95th minute goal to make it 5-1 um, and then immediately taking his shirt off to get a booking and lose one of the, the hard-earned points that he got me. Like who's, who celebrates a, a goal to make it 5-1 against Burnley by, by taking the shirt off in December? Like, what's up with him? Lunatic. You've, uh, you're also the, the resident maverick of the pod, Gary. So um, at the moment, I well, this season you've done a lot of maverick things, a lot of very kind of different thinking to the rest of us, which is great to have you on. This At uh, this current moment, it seems to be that you... You've gone without any big hitters up front. So you've got Rashford, Mitrovic, and Jimenez. So that's that's kind of quite a maverick move when other people have got Aubameyang and Kane and stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm I'm worried that I, I, getting getting high up the league has made me a bit my more risk averse because I, I was looking at it a couple of weeks ago, and I I, I just um, the with the, the new manager at Southampton. I was thinking, oh, I've, I watched the first game. I thought, oh, they, they maybe actually Southampton to turn it round. And I looked up Nathan Redmond with a view to bring him into my team. And then I looked up his stats and I saw that he hadn't scored or got an assist all season. And I talked myself out of it. I thought it'd be just too maverick to bring in a player that's done absolutely nothing all season. But he's, he's now laughing at me off the back of uh, a goal and a couple of assists. But um, yeah, so I don't know whether I should be more, try and be more maverick now or, or not. I'd say more. I, I always remember you bringing Kennedy last season for his brace um, just out of nowhere, 16 points. I think just, yeah, follow your maverick heart, please, because uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I think I think it's partly, I've got to get better at getting rid of players. I, I've, I've become too attached to my current midfield and I've stuck with maybe Sterling a bit too long. Um, so I, I like Kennedy because I brought him in and he had it. I knew he was going to have two or three weeks of really good form and then just get rid of him. And just as other people were bringing him in, I was taking him out. He got his points, but but yeah, it can it can go wrong sometimes because I I kind of did that with Fraser this year. I thought oh, Fraser's had his good little burst of form in the first month. I was really pleased. I picked picked Fraser right from week one, and he was a he was a really he, he was a bit of a left field pick I think from the start. But then after a month, I thought oh no, he's had his little burst of form. I'm going to get rid of him now. But he's actually carried it on, and he's been I think he's like the fourth highest point scorer in the midfielders or something. So. Um, but I do think getting rid sometimes is a good tactic. Yeah, I think that's not a bad shout, especially for Fraser at the moment with his fixtures. Um, speaking of fixtures, should we have a look at, um, is it game week 20? I'm losing track of the game weeks. They're coming so thick and fast. Game week 20, and the first fixture is Brighton-Everton for Ben. Yeah, I think Brighton um, at home, I think against Arsenal, proved quite difficult to beat. 
Um, although I watched that game and Arsenal were were not not particularly good, I thought, um, especially with like Emery making his halftime changes. Um, Everton, bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, beat Burnley five one, but then got thrashed by Spurs. I do think they're the better team though here, so I maybe predict a hard fought Everton win, maybe like a two one. Um, so we've talked extensively about our Everton assets, but I think I would definitely play them in this game. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be tough for them. Uh, Brighton put up a good fight against Arsenal, so maybe a 2-1 to Everton or 1-1 is what I predict. It was so nice to see um, Yerry Mina get his first goal for Everton against Burnley. Um, he's, um, I'm, you said we've talked about our Everton assets a lot, but he, he's still a massive differential. Under 1% ownership, such a goal threat. We were saying in his career, it's one in three and he's a centre-back and Everton's fixtures are great. Um, yeah, he, he looks like a really good shout if you've got yeah. the money to spare. Yeah, and the only other thing I noticed is Everton played wing-backs against um, Burnley. So, Dinia and Coleman were, were really pushing up a lot. So, um, yeah, if you, if you happen to have Dinia, I would recommend playing him in this game. Thanks, Ben. I'll take that advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up is Fulham Huddersfield. That's one for you, Matt. Um, I think this one is like proper FPL purist type match. Um, it might not feature heavily on match of the day, but I I think it's going to be really close. Um, I think these two teams are both scrapping in the relegation zone. Um, and Fulham have recently like tried to tighten up a lot at the back, which means they have much less of a goal threat going forward. And Huddersfield never had much of a goal threat going forward. Um, and also sort of based on really hard work, like their, their success, their chances of success. So I think it'll be like a tight game, but both defences are not quite good enough to hold out the opposition. So maybe like a one-all type draw. Um, I've swapped my goalkeeper from Matt Ryan, who always disappointed me with Brighton, always letting one goal in to Rico for Fulham and I think this is maybe his best best shot for, for a few game weeks of getting me a clean sheet so I'll, I'll be hoping for Fulham Fulham clean sheet at home but um, we shall see Mitrovic looked really good um, game week 19 didn't get his goal um, but he had so many chances and you, yeah I know Gary's got him in his team but I think it's it's one of those weeks where if you you know umming and ahhing it's one to keep him for for sure isn't it yeah, I mean, well, is it really good to miss eight clear-cut chances? That would yeah. be my argument, yes. Although he got the ball a lot near the goal, he didn't score any goals. That seems like a bad performance for a striker to me. I, he I had him all season and he's, yeah. he's kind of... I, 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 part of me thinks that he's going to be a great player and he's really... like I, I, I love the way that he's... Like, his physicality, he can kind of win balls in the, the box that he's got no right to win. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder if he's just one of those unlucky players who and I kind of got two because I think Jimenez in my team is probably quite similar but one of these players that always is hitting the post or almost scoring but I'm, I think like he had he had that one that was hooked off the line in the last second and he had another one where the guy just needed to square it to him and he would have had a tap in but the guy fizzed it at him instead um, but he, he just seems to um, he just seems to be he nearly scores in every game you're guaranteed that but he's not actually scoring that many recently yeah, but it's just so difficult to take him out in a fixture like this when he might hurt you. Um, but yeah, he is very frustrating to own. Um, 
Next up is Leicester Cardiff, and it's a corker for Andy. Yeah, what a match. Um, well, one thing that we can say about Leicester is we predicted last week that it was going to be a difficult match for Man City. It turned out to be even more difficult than we thought it was going to be. Um, I think when when we said that, certainly when when I said that, my uh, my thinking was that Man City play a high line. Jamie Vardy is extremely fast and likes playing against high lines, so that will probably help. That won't be true against Cardiff. So I think Leicester will find that their style of play is far less suited to playing against Cardiff than they did against Man City. Um, that said, uh, they're probably a better side and they're playing at home. So I think this is probably going to be a low-scoring affair. I think that it's either going to be a draw or a Leicester win. Um, if you've got Cardiff play... I mean, it might be that somebody like Patterson could sort of get a, get a goal for Cardiff in a one-all draw. I wouldn't play Cardiff defenders, I don't think, because Leicester have hit some form. Um, and I think they'll probably score at home. Um, if you've got, if you, if, for those out there who still have Madison, I think this could be the kind of game where um, he's more the difference than someone like Vardy is. So he could be one to play in this game. Um, but I'd, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a low scoring affair. Anyone, any um, Mavericks out there with Leicester defenders, I'd say play them. Because um, I think it's going to be either a, a, a one nil or a one all, maybe. Yeah, Ricardo was. I think he, he must have been man of the match in that game. Apparently, they were saying on the match of the day he was the best player on the pitch, and he got another goal. He's he's got a few this season already in assists. And I don't know, five point one. They've got Cardiff. Cardiff are terrible at scoring goals, and they've just come off two wins. And in t- uh, two game weeks' time, they've got Southampton at home as well. So. Couple of good fixtures for defenders for Leicester. Maybe not yeah. a bad shot. Yeah, it's true. It would be. A, it certainly would be a differential, wouldn't it? Like there aren't very many people who look at Leicester and think, "Great, I'm going to pick their defenders." So, yeah. Yeah, it just just takes a, a maverick mind and a bit of bravery. Um, Cardiff sound like they've got a bit of issue with strikers at the moment. Uh, Neil Warnock was saying um, Gary Medine might not be ready yet. Zahor picked up a. Uh, a problem with his knee or something like that. There was a bit of a gash, he said, on his knee. And then Patterson didn't play in the last game. So definitely goal threat looks a bit reduced for them. Yeah, it's um, a terrible name, that isn't it, Zahor? It doesn't matter what your first name is. Kenneth Zahor doesn't sound like a very good name to me. Gar- Gary Medine will never be ready. I, I saw him at Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> he, he was good in League One, but um, the championship is very much his limit. The lower reaches of the championship. So hopefully he starts and we can play those Leicester defenders. Mm. Um, next up is Spurs Wolves, and that's one for me. Um, this one's a tough one because everyone has a lot of Wolves assets, and um, they have performed quite well in the big games against the big clubs. Um, but Spurs are on such a high at the moment um, that you would expect them to go you keep their, their scoring run up. Um, six goals against Everton, five goals against Bournemouth, um, playing at home. There's talk that Lamella might come in for Lucas Moura because Lucas Moura played 90 minutes and Lamella hasn't played any of the last two. I think there's a late fitness test to see if he can start or if he can play. Um, but there's potential that Lucas Moura could miss out. And I think... Son and Kane came off early in the last game, so there's a good chance that they'll play again. And like we were saying before, it's possible that they might try and flog Son before he goes off to the Asia Cup. Um, so 
yeah, still looks like a great asset, son. Um, Kane, I think, is going to be uh, a good candidate for captaincies for a lot of people um, this game week. And I think the big thing is that Ericsson is playing a lot at the moment. He's come back, and that's definitely helping Kane. A great ball over the top for Kane's lovely finish against Bournemouth. So that's that's really good news for, for Kane owners. Um, I think... And, and Ericsson owners. And Ericsson owners, and... Not so good if you just transferred out and Ericsson like Andy. Yeah, who um, would do that? Yeah. Um, but with Wolves players, it's really tricky. You've got, you've got tough fixtures for a lot of defenders, a lot of the cheap defenders that you have in the game this, this game week. So it's going to be a, a tight call whether you, you kind of have to play someone like Doherty and just hope that he gets an assist or a goal because uh, it looks likely that they'll concede. It, I don't think that this will be another cricket score because I think Wolves are pretty good at keeping things tight. Um, but I think they will concede. Um, and I'm not too sure it would be a good fixture to play Jimenez. I think, um, yeah, I think he's not looked the most razor sharp in front of goal. And if you have to play him, fine, but I don't think it, I'd play him out of choice. Anyone else want to chip in on this one? I'm, um, I'm maybe tempted to play Jimenez for this game. Just it's a bit. This is a, this is a bit of a punt. It's not the. But I, I just fancy Wolves to maybe win. I think I think Tottenham have kind of things. There is the scores have just flattered them a little bit. I've got a feeling that they're going to um, just just kind of fall. Like this might be where they falter. And um, yeah, Gary, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> this could be famous last words. Two pods in a row, we've predicted the demise of Tottenham. But um, I, I, they, they um, Jimenez did give them a bit of a runaround at. Um, Molyneux earlier this season. Uh, Tottenham won 3-2, but Jimenez, he had a perfectly good goal disallowed for offside. He scored another one. Um, so I, I might be tempted to put him in for this one. And there's, there are problems in the Spurs' defence. They're, they're playing Foyth, Vertonghen's out. Um, Trippier was, didn't play in the last game. They played Walker-Peters, so it's a bit of a patched-up back line. Yeah, Walker-Peters so, yeah. had a terrible game, didn't he, as well? Uh, <laughs> Going forward, he had a very good game. Um, yeah, but we saw him it was in Barcelona, didn't we? That didn't go so well. It, it was interesting looking at the expected goals for um, Tottenham Bournemouth. It was actually about, it should have been a draw. It was really even, and yet they, they won 5 0. Um, so I guess it depends if Tottenham strikers can keep finishing with ruthless efficiency or not, um, how their form continues, I think. Yeah, but it sounds like a, a fixture where we might have to play all, all your all your men, so all your Spurs assets and all your Wolves assets. Um, next up is Gary with Watford-Newcastle. Okay, so I, I think this one should be quite straightforward. I mean, basically, I, I think we've kind of seen Newcastle are a very defensive team and they will be going to try and keep a clean sheet. Um, so they've managed three nil-nil draws away from home so far this season. So who knows, maybe they might do it, but I think Watford will have a bit too much for them. So I kind of see this being maybe a 1-0 or a 2-0 to Watford where they break them down eventually. Um, it might take a bit of a long shot or something to get the goal. So I'd maybe Pereira or maybe Decore um, might be ones to consider um, for this game. But yeah, I'd, I think they've, Watford have been pretty good at home. They've, 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 lost against, they've, they've lost a couple at home. They had a, a couple of calamities, but they've been pretty good. So I'd... I'd be I'd be sticking with your Watford players and um, not not going for any Newcastle players for this one. 
There was a, a stat going around on Twitter, um, I think, that's saying that Watford are conceding a, a large amount of chances and they're down the bottom of the league for the amount of chances conceded. And Cabasele, one of their kind of key centre-backs, smashed himself, did a full bab on the post. Um, or, well, almost a full bab on the post. Um, and hit his back rather than his balls. And he looks like he's going to be out. So, potentially, Watford a, a bit uh, vulnerable at the back, and I know I'm hoping no one has any Newcastle attackers, but whether that will affect Watford's performance, I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't. It wasn't quite a fill bab because it was his uh, it was his arm, wasn't it, rather than between his legs. So I I did wonder why he just didn't move his arm out of the way. He tried to seem to try to use his shoulder to break the impact. Where you just surely the, the benefit of having an arm is it's very easy to uh, push it over to the other side of the post and just bounce off it but um, I'm not a prof- professional athlete so maybe I'm uh, underestimating how easy it would have been to uh, to avoid that Yeah and I mean I'm not an expert into in in walking into poles but uh, but he did it pretty badly so you're saying play your Watford assets and and if you've got your Newcastle players leave them on the bench Yeah 2-0 two, two Watford my prediction okay. Fair enough. Um, ben, you've got the juicy one. You've got Liverpool-Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I really wish I had Mo Salah for this game. I think Liverpool are going to win this. and it, they could. I think they could put a couple past Arsenal. Um, it depends on... I don't know, Duncan, if you know about Arsenal injuries, but if Arsenal have to play Lichsteiner again, they're going to be complete toast because he was... <laughs> he was awful and he's so slow too I can just imagine like Mane and Salah running at him um, but yeah I I think this is a good shout for like Salah captain if, if you have him I just don't think Arsenal can defend really well um, they seem to have gone off the boil a bit losing to Southampton not being able to really break down Brighton I think Emery chops and changes his team too much as well so like Iwobi will randomly appear. Ramsey will randomly appear. Urza will get withdrawn at halftime. Um, unless, <clears throat> the only thing is if Arsenal managed to raise their game, like they they kind of done for some of the big games. Um, I think maybe it'll be um, a little bit close, but I think I think Liverpool will beat them quite comfortably, sadly, for the for the title race, is my, my read so far. Yeah, I completely agree. I just think, um, like you said, they've raised their game a lot for the big teams, but I think this one's just a, a, a mission too far. You look at the, the defence and the injuries in defence on the FPL site, and it's Bellerin, Mustafi, Monreal, Holding, Koscielny, Mavropanos. Um, there's a late fitness test for Mustafi, so he might be involved. Um, but saying that, that doesn't guarantee um, anything like a clean sheet. Um Koscielny, they're also, they took off early in the last game. I think that's just because he's just come back from injury and he's quite injury prone and um, a lot of games in a short space of time. But he might potentially play. But to be, any, to be honest, whoever plays, whoever they kind of cobble together as a back four or a back three, against Brighton in the second half, we were just conceding chance after chance. They were kind of overrunning us. and We looked awful. Um, and against Liverpool away, um, I agree completely. I think this is going to be, you know, two or three goals um, at best for the Arsenal defence. And I think Salah's a great option. Um, 
And yeah, I'm, I think Obama Yang, Lacazette, I'd be worried um, about getting any returns for them away to the best defence in the league. What do you reckon, Ben? Yeah, I think that's that's my take too. And um, as as a non-Salah owner, I'm very worried about this game. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, Arsenal, please just keep it together so you don't lose like 4-0 or something. <laughs> do you think Klopp could rotate at all in this game? Do you think he, he could treat it like he's tre- uh, treated the Merseyside derbies in past games, in past seasons, and kind of played a lesser team? I don't think so because... The Man City. I was looking at the following game, but the Man City game um, for Liverpool is on Thursday, which gives them like I think enough time to rest, rest their key players for that. I mean that's the real big game, right? But I think they will have plenty of rest, five days rest. So I I can see him. I think he would play his his strongest team here, honestly, especially now that they have really just to consolidate top spot, given City are slipping up. Do you do you not see maybe Nathaniel Klein coming in for Alexander Arnold and maybe saving the legs for a couple of maybe not the key players but some of the you know right back left back that kind of thing? Maybe, but if I was Klopp, I would play my strongest team, and you have five days rest before Man City, so that's what that's. But I'm not Klopp, so there you I go. I also think if you're going to rest players, like surely you would have rested them against Newcastle, not against Arsenal. Yeah, that's a fair point. And he can rotate his midfield three, who are kind of less crucial, the Hendersons and Fabinho's, and it doesn't make too much difference, does it, on FPL-wise? Yeah. Um, next up is one for Matt. It's Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. So Chelsea just beat um, another London team, Watford, 2-1 away from home um, yesterday. And I can see this being a very similar type match where... Uh, the London club at home fights quite well in front of its supporters, but ultimately Chelsea and Hazard are just a little bit too talented and edge quite a tight affair. Um, so my, my prediction is going to be about 2-1. And if I was a Hazard owner, I think Crystal Palace have a decent defence, so there might not be a massive haul, but he, he he's a player on form. And so he could be getting big returns again. So he's still a very good premium asset to have at the moment. There was um, there was a bit of an issue I saw in, uh, in that game that Pedro was injured um, and Hudson-Odoi came on, but then Hudson-Odoi went off injured in the second half as well. So is there a possibility that Hazard might get shifted to the left wing, Willian on the right wing, and then Giroud or Morata play up front? So he, he'd lose that kind of false nine uh, position. I mean, it's possible, but I, I think Hazard on the left wing, if he's got a striker like Giroud that that, that, that can supply him, is is just as good a threat as he is as a false nine. Um, if Morata plays, then it's, it's sort of been well documented that Hazard's performances aren't, aren't quite the same. But um, I, I just get the feeling at the moment he's a player on a bit of a role and player on form. So uh, I, I reckon he'll get returns again. But... Looking, I mean, Palace have fe- featured last a match of the day last night with their nil-nil draw. Um, seem to have quite a good defence. The Hodgson sort of give, leaves them very well organised. So I can see them not conceding too many at home, um, but maybe just enough to lose the match. Yeah. Um, did you see the stats on Twitter this week about um, Hazard being the player with the most number of uh, goals and assists combined this season? 
and also the people saying that he's kind of lost that troll status now because he's been so consistent. Um, I think he's blanked in not very many games this season at all. I'm just looking through it. It's kind of three or four maybe, but most he's getting returns in either a goal or an assist or, or both. Yeah, I mean, so I has when I put Hazard in my team um, quite a few weeks ago, I thought he's going to be a keeper this season. I'm not going to sell him all season because he's he looks like he's going to return every single game week. Um, then a couple of game weeks later, Sterling was firing them in for fun, and Hazard was just like maybe getting an assist here and there. And I, so I subbed him out. I think all the premium assets at the moment are really competing quite hard of each other for our attention and. Hazard's one who's justifying it at the moment. Sterling's not. Um, is the question mark is, do you swap out Sterling because he's had two two games weeks of a return to get someone like Hazard who's now firing but could then have a couple of games where he goes a bit bit off? It's difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. It's just maybe you have to go with the fixtures and Hazard still has the good fixtures. Um, mm. Especially, you know, two at home in the next three. It's not a bad time to bring them in. Yeah, he's a, good, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good asset this season. Um, Chelsea had a bit of a dip, but it just seemed to be just coming coming out of it at the moment. Um, okay, next up is one for Andy Burnley West Ham. Right, well, so I'm uh, I'm nothing if not a man of my convictions, and so for the uh, the the Wolves and Tottenham game, I, my my first priority was to get all of my Wolves players out of the team, which means that I then have Snodgrass in the team, which I'm really pleased with because um, I, I've, I've said many times this season, I think Burnley are awful, <clears throat> particularly with Joe Hart in goal, who um, is not a good enough goalkeeper anymore, I don't think, for the Premier League. So um, I've got Snodgrass in. I think if you've got Felipe Anderson, if you've got, if Arnautovic is back, um, yeah, play all of your West Ham assets for this one. Um, Burnley are this, this season the team that I think you should be looking out for your teams to play against and make sure all of your players are in when you play against Burnley. So um, yeah, West Ham in, Burnley out. That's basically what I would uh, advise for this one. And we should probably say as well, we're recording this before the Southampton-West Ham game in game week 19. So it's it's hard to say too much about um, how the West Ham's form is from that game or how it'll be going into the Burnley game. Well, generally, they're on good form. I mean, if you look at their, they have one blip, but over the last few weeks, they've been uh, they've been doing pretty well. Um, they uh, They've got a, a decent fixture list moving forward as well so even as a sort of a not only this game week but as a sort of a long-term bet I think West Ham assets are pretty solid the only thing about them is the defensive side of their game isn't as strong maybe um so get their attackers and midfielders in rather than their defenders but if you look at the fixture list they've got Southampton, Burnley, Brighton, um Arsenal they might not win that game but Arsenal's defense is awful so probably goals um Bournemouth, Wolves and then the only really hard games they've got between um now and the 6th of April, they've got um, Liverpool on the in the beginning of February and Man City at the end of February. But other than that, it's a really easy run of games. So I think still West Ham are a good place to look. Yeah, I completely agree. And I really hope that all the people, including Ben, who got rid of Felipe Anderson so quickly for Man U assets are going to come a cropper because he was on fire. And he, I don't, I don't see why everyone's getting rid of him. I never had him, um, so I didn't get rid of him. I I had Sigurdsson instead, which hasn't gone hasn't gone badly. So I can't really uh, can't rue that decision. But uh, I have got Snodgrass, and I think I think actually Snodgrass, given that he's currently playing, as long as that continues, 
um, because he takes corners and free kicks and he's got a good shot on him, he's just as likely to return as uh, as Felipe Anderson. So I'm hoping that having him might actually turn out to be a, of equal benefit but much lower price. I, yeah, fair I agree with the gist of what Andy's saying and I agree that, that Burnley are not a good team but I, I do kind of feel when when you get these kind of relegation-threatened teams, they probably have maybe 10 home fixtures in a season that they target and they will be thinking, right, we've really got to raise our game for this one. So I think there might be a chance that Burnley kind of pull out a backs-to-the-wall kind of 1-0 here because they, they kind of, they, they, their pride will be hurting from losing to Everton and maybe West Ham travelling twice in a couple of, in three days. They, they might, it might just be that West Ham are not, like Pellegrini, he's a good manager, but he's maybe not the best for a, a, a tough battle up at, up at Burnley. So I, I, I think Everton, I think West Ham are by far the better team, but but Burnley might just um, pull out a result. I think Miles said that would be where, where's that been all season? Like, <laughs> I've really not not done that so far. So I, while I agree with you in theory, like if if I uh, if it was last season's Sean Dyche, then yeah, I. Fine, but I, I just don't see it this season. I forget who it was against, but wasn't they one? It was a bit like the Alamo at the end. They won 1-0, but the other team were like firing shots in left, right and centre about two or three weeks ago, but Burnley hung on. It was against... yeah, they, did, they did put off against Brighton, but Brighton have one of the worst attacks in the league, um, which West Ham don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I have been banging the drum for Burnley completely erroneously for most of the season and I keep thinking they're going to turn it around and looking at their fixtures I mean if you want to be a maverick like Gary then the fixtures are pretty good um, until um, game week 29 or so Um, and they've got lots of cheap assets now so if they are going to start getting in the clean sheets maybe it is you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when the weather turns and it gets nasty and wet in Burnley um, they've got some nice home fixtures then you know, maybe if any of them drop to, you know, 4.5 around that, that kind of mark, they're not a bad shout. But yeah, you're right, Andy, at the moment, maybe not. Um, next up is one for me, Southampton Man City, which would have been an easy one to predict a few weeks ago, but now it's not really the same. You've got Sam, Southampton on a bit of a high with the new manager bounce um, and the way he likes to play attacking football. And you've got Man City, um, two defeats on the bounce. Um, and Pep talking about uh, he needs to change the dynamic of the team, which is a little bit worrying for for a man who has two Man City midfielders. Um, so I think, for me, I think this might be a, a game week um, to get rid of Sterling. I think a lot of people are thinking about getting rid of Sterling. Um, and he's he's quite an easy one for Pep to rotate out for Mares. Um, Sane less less easy to do so, but I think um, I'd imagine to, I would imagine that David Silva would start because I think they've been missing David Silva, Silva quite a lot. There's talk that Fernandinho could be back in time as well, which might change things um, defensively quite a lot. Um, I'm really struggling this week whether I play Danny Ings in this fixture because um, I played Callum Wilson away to Man City a few game weeks ago and he managed to get a goal somehow. Um, and it's it's normally just one goal here or there against Man City, um, and you, uh, maybe you'd hope that he might pick up a penalty. But with Southampton, you know, goal scoring form, maybe there's a potential for for more than one goal. Um, 
yeah, I think I think I'm I'm considering getting rid of Sterling and bringing someone like Hazard in. Um, I think this might be a time if you are loaded up with Man City midfielders to to move them out and maybe just spread it down to one player. Um, defensively, they don't look very sound. Attacking wise, they're a bit out of sorts. So. Yeah, I, I don't think this is one to bring in Nathan Redmond, but I think this is definitely one to keep an eye on Southampton and, and see if they still play the attacking football. Um, anyone else want to pitch in on this one? Yeah, I, I, I have a theory about this uh, this Man City run, is that it's it's about Fernandinho, because they've been playing John Stones in midfield. I mean, that that I know Pep's had a few successes with, uh, with unusual positional switches, but... Um, that's a huge downgrade from Fernandinho to John Stones. I think if he's back, then we'll see the old man city again. Yeah. So keep an eye on the injury news for that one. Um, next up is the last one and it's for Gary. It's Man United Bournemouth. And hope, I'm just hoping that you can bring some balance to the last pod, which was three men. <laughs> um, very excited about Man United. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think the honeymoon period will probably continue a bit longer. Um, so my main dilemma for this one is about uh, Marcus Rashford, because um, I think you've been talking about your different um, Callum Wilson and one or two others, Pereira being kind of fantasy football trolls. Well, Rashford has been that for me. Everything he had that scored a few goals, and then every year I've seen him in quite a cheap price and thought, oh time to bring in Rashford. He's going to come good. He's going to suddenly, he's going to, I, I think the kid's a great player. He's going to be a fantastic footballer. He's got everything, but he doesn't quite seem to have ever hit that streak where he's consistently being a, a world-class player. But yeah, he lured me in again last week. Um, the, the Solskjaer bounce and I, I brought Rashford in. Um, so my dilemma, I'm, I'm wondering whether to captain him or not this week, but, um, but yeah, basically I, I think Manu they're a good good back for this game because um, Bournemouth tend to be a bit of a soft touch away from home. They certainly concede a lot of goals. And I think Manchester United still have that deeper squad where they can afford to rotate two or three players and still still put out a high-quality team. Or, as you were saying on the last pod, a lot of their better players like Rashford, like Pogba, um, Lingard and one or two others have not, not played that many games this season so they're still pretty fresh um so i i see this as another manu victory um and i might even see it as a clean sheet i think um i think bournemouth have scored a lot of goals this season but i think yeah this this might be a tough one and they've they've been pretty they did get a goal at man city but they lost that one was it 3-1 um they've lost they lost at home to man united they've lost against a few of the bigger teams i think so um, I would, I would predict a Man United victory, and I'd be yeah looking at the usual suspects like Pogba, and um, Lingard, and Rashford. Hopefully for me, I'm gonna haven't decided whether to captain him yet, but I'm definitely gonna play him. I'm just I've done the same as you. I've brought in Rashford, but I'm just concerned about rotation with Lukaku potentially coming back from um, his his personal reasons. So I think there was talk that he'd be returning for this game. Um, and Rashford hasn't shone in the last couple of games. Um, so I'd just be concerned about captaining him and whether, you know, he might be rotated or he might get reduced minutes. 
yeah, I might have to try and check the team news a bit closer to the time. I, I think if even if Lukaku comes back, he could necessarily like he could play in that. Um, well, I say Hazard role. Hazard's been playing the centre, but that kind of role as one of the three, one of the wide forwards, um, and cause a lot of damage from there as well. Um, he's he's he did one particularly really good piece of play the last game where he he kind of held up the ball for like on the wing, then kind of did a burst of pace, beat the defender, put a great cross in. Uh, I think it was, is it Dalot, the fullback, just um, hit it into orbit. But it, I think he's shown, he's shown glimpses, but I guess that's the problem. He's, he's one of those players who shows a lot of promise, but hopefully it's time for him to deliver soon. There is, nice. some, uh, there is some terrible news for, for all Man U fans, which is that Alexis Sanchez is now uh, has a 75% chance of playing. Um, so watch out for that. That could be the end of the honeymoon period. <laughs> yeah, and it could be the start of a lot of rotation as well. So yeah, definitely keep an eye on that. Um, next up, we've got the whipping boys. Um, so first, I'm going to come to Ben for your whipping boy for game week 20. Um, I'm going to go Arsenal. Uh, okay, you're going for it. <laughs> Duncan was speechless for a moment there. <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Okay, Matt, who's your whipping boy? Um, well, given that I'm going to Man U Bournemouth, I'm going to go for Bournemouth and hope that I get to see a really good game. And I think that's not a bad shout as well. It's not just um, you hoping to see it live. Okay, Andy, who's your whipping boy? I'm going to go specifically Joe Hart. Okay, Andy... <laughs> Whipping boy pick. Okay, so I'm going to have to extrapolate that out to the whole Burnley team. <laughs> for Gary, Fine if you must. Um, just for the reasons I just outlined, Bournemouth. I think I think I agree with Matt. I think I think Bournemouth are going to shed three or four. There, uh, they're going to they're going to get thrashed. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a tough one. I have the deciding vote um, between Arsenal and Bournemouth. I think we're going to have to go with Bournemouth so we get a consensus. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to back against Arsenal for the whipping boy, so I'm going to go Bournemouth as well. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Rashford can turn it on. Um, what about gut punts? Ben, who's your gut punt? Um, my gut punt, and I promise I thought of, thought about this before Andy spoke about it earlier, but it was actually James Madison. Um, he looks like he's um, picked up a bit of form as Leicester have... Um, done well last couple of games and yeah I think he'll be he'll be crucial in breaking down Cardiff so James Madison okay that's not a bad pick at all he did look good once he he changed his role into the center of the pitch against City so I'm sure he'll start in that position again um what about you Matt um well I was going to go for Leicester Asset as well so I'm going to do a last minute switch I'm going to go for Decoy of Watford um I think he's a slightly underrated football player uh, who seems to be bursting forward quite a lot and trying to finish off Watford's moves at the moment and has had quite a good run. So uh, I could see him getting one at home to Newcastle. Yeah, he had quite a few ch- chances against Chelsea, didn't he? Just um, last-minute blocks started, stopped him getting the shots on target. So, yeah, really good shout. Yeah. What do you reckon? Andy, who's your gut punt? Um... I'm going to go... Is this punty enough? I'm not sure. Can I say one matter? The punt is that he will start and that he will be integral to Manu thrashing Bournemouth. 
I think that's very punty. <laughs> it's very punty. <laughs> very punty. Definitely. Is that because you like him, Andy, or because you think it will happen? Uh, because he's the one that hasn't played much in the last few games, and Solskjaer has pledged to uh, to rotate. Um, when he plays, he tends to do well. He's a good player. So, And Bournemouth is the kind of team that will give him space to operate in. I think it's a, a, a match made for him. Fair enough. Okay, Gary, who's your gut punt? Well, this I hope this this should be punty enough. Um, I I, saw, I spoke a little bit about Man United. I, I should add, I, I think they've got um, quite a few good fixtures coming up. Um, so I am seriously considering the idea of bringing in Phil Jones. Um, I think that he looks like Solskjaer is going to play him. Um, I know Man United have had a terrible defence this season, but I think probably that the the upturning fortune they've seen they're not going to be scoring four or five goals every every week but they're going to hopefully start churning out a few um two nils maybe um so and also maybe he's a, he's not scored many goals in his career but he's he's kind of quite big and he'll be up there at set pieces and he also seemed to pick up a lot of bonus points last season so if they are if it is a if it is a one nil or a two nil win, he tends to be the defender that does the most um, blocks and clearances and headers because he's got his got his fantastic range of gurning and jumping for the ball. So I'd I'd probably favour him just over Lindelof, who's slightly cheaper. Phil Jones is five point one, Lindelof is four point eight, um, but I'd I'd be tempted for Phil Jones. I think I think he's got a few clean sheets in him um, starting with Bournemouth. What about um, Diogo Dallo? If you're going to go for Man U defenders, because if he plays, which he might well do, he, uh, he obviously, <laughs> as you so eloquently put it, sent that shot into orbit last week. But that means he's getting into the box, um, so he's a little bit more expensive, but obviously cheaper than the likes of um, Ashley Young. I I think he got subbed off at half time last week, um, the last game. But I, I yeah, I guess I guess it's again, it's a bit like what you said about uh, one matter, Andy. I think it's a case of. If he's going to play, he'd be very good value. But I, I guess with Valencia and Ashley Young sometimes plays on the right, he's, he's got a bit of um, competition. I just, I'm a bit concerned with Man United at the moment with the clean sheets that they're, they're going down the Man City route of just conceding the odd goal. Um, so there was one against Cardiff. There was one this game week as well. And I just, I don't know if they're going to be that focused on keeping clean sheets. I think they're going to be more focused about attacking at the moment so I think he's a good pick as a gut punt but I'm um, I'm yet to be convinced by the Man United defence um, my gut punt for this week is Yeri Mina um, I wish I could bring him into my team I wish I had the space and the budget I just think he's a really fun player um, I liked his goal celebration Colombian dancing he's absolutely massive and he's a huge threat um, so yeah I'd Hopefully, I can see him get on the end of a, a Dinier, um corner or free kick. So he's going to be my gut punt for this week. What about clean sheets, Ben? Can you see any clean sheets? Um, I will go Spurs. Spurs, fair enough. Okay, Matt. I will go. For Man U. Fair enough. Andy. Um, Watford. I think that's a pretty good one. Gary. 
Um, I was going to say Watford, actually. Um, it's it's Fulham versus Huddersfield at, at Craven Cottage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll um I'll go with Fulham then. I think I think Fulham are a bit of Huddersfield bogey team, so um I'll I'll go for Fulham. And they're focusing on the clean sheets now as well, so that's a good shout. Mm. I'm gonna go for um Liverpool at home to Arsenal. I just think they'll have too much at the back. Okay, back to you, Ben. Uh it's a bit tough now, maybe Leicester. Yeah, I think Leicester's a good shout against Cardiff. Okay, Matt. Have we had Chelsea yet? We haven't. I think I'll go Chelsea then. I think Crystal Palace proved this week that they really do struggle to score goals. Yeah. Okay, Andy, can you see any more? Yeah, I would have had Everton against Brighton much higher in this list. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, Gary, are there any left? Um, I'm all out of fixtures in front of me, but I, I do a score predictor thing and I predicted Brighton to beat Everton. I'm not quite sure why, but um, so I'll, I'll go for Brighton. I think they might, <laughs> they might get a win. Okay, fair enough. Are you, are you sure they'll keep a clean sheet in the win? I put 2 0 on the thing, although I'm like, having listened to the rationale behind why I shouldn't have, maybe that was a, a bad idea. But come on, Matt Ryan, you can do it. You show, prove, prove the doubters wrong, Matt Ryan. I'm sure you can keep a clean sheet. Matt Ryan's gone, I think, after this game week, right? Um, well, yeah. Red... He, he, just, he just needs to prove a point to Matt and to Ben, and then he can, <laughs> then he can go his way. Oh, I think he's... He's, he's gone. He's gone. He's, he's away at the uh, Asia Cup. Damn it. He can't prove Already? Up. Yeah, he's gone already. I thought Son wasn't going for a couple more weeks. What, Australia? Ah, crazy. Oh, well. Um Whoever the hell um, the um, reserve Brighton goalie is, then can, <laughs> can, can prove a point. I mean, how on earth? How on earth will Everton keep a clean sheet now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I think I'm last up to pick, and I think probably going to go for Man City. Um, it's a bit of a wavering one, but there looks like there's quite a lot of clean sheets, um, potential clean sheets this week, um, and also I think. Boxing Day is traditional for a lot of goals. I think I've noticed in the past that this round of fixtures is normally, there's normally one over the festive period where you get loads of clean sheets. And maybe it's this one after everyone's had a bit too much um, over Christmas and they're getting knackered and rotations um, hasn't happened enough, potentially. We haven't seen a huge amount of it. So maybe this will be the week where we get a lot of clean sheets and everyone just takes a, a game week off attacking. The, the hangovers have cleared up, basically. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um, okay, uh, captains and transfers. Might have to fly through this one quite quickly. So I'm going to come to Andy first. Yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to have to leave you after that, I'm afraid. So um, I've already made my transfer. I've brought in Paul Pogba, which will be much to, uh, to Duncan's dismay. Um, and he will be my captain, uh, I think, because we're going to tonk Bournemouth and we wouldn't do that without Pogba doing something. So um, I was toying between him and Salah um, for obvious reasons, but I think there's more more likelihood of Arsenal like upping their game for a, a big match than there is of Bournemouth doing the same for Man U. So I've gone for Pogba. Who are you getting rid of? Um, Leroy Sané, who um, I have... I started with Leroy Sané and then I got rid of him because he wasn't playing. And then he was scoring loads of points, so I brought him back in again, and he subsequently stopped scoring points. So he's got a total of four points for me over six game weeks so far. He's out, and he's never coming back. Okay, we'll hold you to that. Um, thanks a lot, Andy, and we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. 
Um, okay, Matt, what about your captains and transfers? Um, so, no transfers made just yet. Um, I am also eyeing up Sterling, Man City asset. Um, but I'm awaiting to see, um, A, how Southampton do tonight, uh, because that's Sterling's next game, uh, next opponents, uh, to, to see if I think he might be able to turn it around or, or Man City might be able to score a few goals. Uh, and then I'll be following the team news um, and whatever rumours come out to see whether I switch him for someone like Hazard or Pogba. Um, and captain at the moment is uh, is plonked on Salah because he's starting to look like the fix, uh, fixture-proof form of last season. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay, Ben, what about you? So I w- my long-term plan is to get Salah back for Sterling, but I may wait for after the Man City game. So I may just bank a transfer until that happens. Um, this week, I think I'm expecting a pretty bad week because my Wolves players are playing Spurs. I've got Wilson playing United. Um, so I think I might just have to hold tight this week and maybe get a red arrow. Um, just so I can bank a transfer, so I can plan my long-term salary move. And then captain, right now it's on Kane with Hazard as vice. But I don't feel super great about it, so um, I'll probably tinker a bit until the deadline. Yeah, I think that sounds fair enough. You've got um, Callum Wilson sticking up your team, though. I think time to ship him out as soon as you can. Yeah, I just don't know who for... Maybe Ings, but they don't. They have a couple tough fixtures coming up too. I think when I last looked. So yeah, I agree. Callum Wilson is thinking it up. Um, Gary, what about you for captains and transfers? Um, so so my dilemma is my defence. I've not kept many clean sheets at all, and I've got the likes of Laporte um, and one or two others. Um, even Do- Doherty's not done that much recently. Um, so I was looking at teams that are going to keep clean sheets. And I think I want to get some Manu and I've got space for Liverpool defender. I've still only got two Liverpool at the moment. Um, so I mentioned Phil Jones earlier. Um, I'm thinking about that. And if I did, I could also try and get in um, Lovren, who seems to be playing regularly for Liverpool because while Gomez is injured, he seems to be pretty much a fixture. Um, but I'm also repent regretting... Um, getting rid of Alexander-Arnold. Um, so he's back now. I might try and put him straight back in. If I do that, I can't afford Phil Jones. So I might have to look at someone like like Delot or um, Lindelof. Um, so I'm probably doing a combination of those. Um, but I haven't quite decided if I'm going to do which combination and if I'm going to do it over one week or try and stick with just, just doing that over two weeks. Um, for captain, um, I think... I think I'm still tempted to go with Rashford. I don't know about Salah. I think I think Arsenal might pull out a good performance. Um, so I'm still tempted to go with Rashford for captain. Yeah, I, that would be very maverick. I think Rashford captaincy, bringing in Phil Jones, that would be back to your maverick ways. And I, I fully respect that. Um, for me this week, I, I am the same as Ben. I'm expecting a bad game week. Um, my defence is a bit of an issue. I've got Doherty away to Spurs. I've got Wan-Bissaka playing Chelsea, Kalasinac playing Liverpool. 
um, and Bennett on my bench playing Tottenham as well. So I'm really struggling for anyone I can ship out um, for anyone else, really, budget-wise as well, because they're all quite low prices. Um, so I might just have to suck it up and and take a red arrow. Um, I think captaincies on Salah. I've talked about getting rid of Sterling and bringing in Hazard, but um, I think that really depends on... Hazard doesn't have the best fixture in the world. Um, he has Crystal Palace away, and Crystal Palace have been defending pretty stoutly recently, so not the best fixture for him. And he's got, you know, as as Sterling has a bad fixture against Liverpool in the following game week, Chelsea have a good one. So maybe that's a better time to switch across with two transfers um, and maybe upgrade someone in my defence then as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to keep an eye on things. Um, Sterling to Hazard is the move I might make, um, but um, I'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, see how it goes with uh, West Ham and Southampton tonight. If you don't follow us all already on Twitter, give us a follow at FPLFFanatics. Um, thank you very much for listening. Gary, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you'll join us again. Oh, my pleasure. Um, if the yeah, internet entire you... allows me to, I will. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, say goodbye, Ben. Goodbye. Uh, come on, United. Say goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. Uh, come on, United. <laughs> well, at least you'll be there. And uh, goodbye from me. Come on, Bournemouth. <laughs>